Welcome to FEPS Talks, the podcast series at the Foundation for European Progressive Studies. Find out more about us on feps-europe.eu. Hello, my name is Laszlo Andor, the Secretary General of FEPS, and you are listening to FEPS Talks, the podcast series of our foundation, which highlight very important issues of the period, key policy issues of the agenda. And um, in the summer of 2020, probably one of the hottest issues in the European Union is the new recovery budget. And I invited Gustav Horn to discuss it with us. First of all, because Gustav is a member of the Scientific Council of FEPS, but for uh, quite a long time, he was leading the Macroeconomic Institute of uh, the Hans Böckler Stiftung in uh, Düsseldorf. He's also a professor at the Duisburg-Essen University. And um, recently, he became a member of the federal board of the Social Democratic Party of Germany. I think all these affiliations and experience signal that uh, we are knocking on the door of the right person. First of all, Without further ado, I would like to ask Gustav about this new direction in the European Union, which in my view would not have been possible without a policy shift in Germany in the field of economics, especially macroeconomics. Uh, but how significant this is? Is this more than a cosmetic change? Is it a temporary change of the wind or the climate, or it is a seismic shift in um, German economic thought? Well, that's what I think uh, your perception is right, that there has been a paradigm shift in German economic policy towards the European Union in, in recent weeks, I would say. Uh, just compare it to the situation 2008 and 2009, when the financial market crisis started and developed into a euro area crisis. Then the first statement of Angela Merkel was, we don't give any penny for countries like Greece, Spain and Italy or Ireland that time uh, because they are responsible for their dismal situation and they have to come out themselves with their own means. She had to revise this statement uh, later on and uh, she started to learn from that. Uh, she had learned that... Uh, this approach uh, she initially took was a very divisive approach in Europe and that even Germany would not benefit from such a divisive approach because German economy is certainly very dependent on exports to the rest of the EU. And if some, even some countries and even minor countries are in very heavy difficulties like Greece at that time and Spain, the German economy is also in difficulties to some extent, especially the export industries. And politically, it's also a weakening of the political stance of the EU in, in, in the global world. So that is something Angela Merkel has learned from the past crisis. So she never made a similar statement at the beginning of this crisis. So she never took the divisive approach she has taken over 10 years ago. That is one explanation for that paradigm shift. The second is the Social Democratic Party, which was to some extent 10, 11 years undecided in that question. Some say Angela Merkel said Angela Merkel is right, we shouldn't give a penny for them, for Greece and Spain. Others said we have to take a different road. So the party was not united in an approach. That has also changed in due course of the euro area crisis because we have seen that the approach taken then was wrong. Greece was in a very, very deep crisis, and the policy of the EU enhanced that crisis, aggravated the social problems we have seen there. 
So also the Social Democrats had a very different stance right from the beginning of this crisis. And uh, the German finance minister, Olaf Scholz, developed uh, concepts how to save the European economy very early and uh, certainly had negotiations with the Chancellery and Angela Merkel about that. And since they got an agreement within this coalition, they took for right from the beginning that road. The first sign was that the finance ministers made a decision on the, the European unemployment reinsurance, for example, an issue you are also very engaged at, and also that the European stability mechanism should help these countries with only minor conditions and uh, also a program of the European investment. Bank. That was the first sign. And the second sign is now the European Recovery Fund, financed by contributions at the end of the member states. And that certainly is a, is a shift of paradigm and it's a good one. Yes, um, I would agree that um, the role of the Social Democrats has been very important uh, because they play a different role in the current coalition than um, at the time of Per uh, Steinbrück being the finance minister in the previous uh, round. But is there another important factor, which is the world economy? Because during the previous crisis, uh, when um, it escalated across the periphery of the euro area, the US was already emerging from the recession, and so did China and various other parts of the world. And now the global economy is also different. The strong exporting countries, the so-called surplus countries of the euro area, or the European Union, because we are not only speaking about Germany and the Netherlands, but perhaps also Sweden and Poland. So these countries cannot rely on the rest of the world for demand. So they also have to do a little bit more for boosting demand in the European Union. Is that a serious factor in your view? Yes, but I would say in the second line, because uh, certainly this crisis is much more grave than the previous one, because indeed the global economy is in shambles and uh, also major overseas export markets are in a very difficult situation. Let's think of the United States, for example. But even at the financial market in the euro area crisis, in the Great Recession, the most important export market of Germany is Europe, is still Europe, and that was in shambles then. So it is much more worse now. But uh, I think that's not the decisive thought, because the decisive thought is that cooperation and solidarity, in a way, as, as a social democrat, I would use that word, pays off. Because uh, we are not an island uh, which is isolated from the rest of the world. And uh, we have to look what is going on in other countries. And we have to look that these countries are in a good state and that they have a healthy economy. And if they don't have, we will have difficulties too in Germany. And that uh, the German export industry, just think of the car maker industry, which is in heavy difficulties now. They, mm. they are very much interested now that exports uh, are growing, that, the, that these economies pick up. And that certainly they may pressure to the German government to help on the European level too. And that also certainly pushed the government into that direction. So you are confirming that for various reasons, there is indeed a paradigm shift. But then the next question is, how far this can go? What else should we anticipate? Because, uh, you know, some people already look at this new uh, model EU budget as a revolutionary step. But many of us would say that this is still, you know, just the first step because uh, there, there is a review of the fiscal uh, rules of the Stability and Growth Pact. Um, there, there is a, a lot of talk, but only talk for the time being, about the unemployment reinsurance. But what else, in your view, can be anticipated as a result of uh, this paradigm change? Well, I would consider this what has been decided upon as a, as a very important jump into the right direction, not just a step, but a jump. 
but I would not use the word revolutionary. That goes, in my view, too far. And this is because I'm not so sure how lasting this attitude towards Europe is uh, we see right now. I'm confident as far as the Social Democrats are concerned. They have, they have really changed their attitude towards Europe to, to a very fundamental extent, and they will stick to that policy in whatever constellation the next government will occur, whether they will be part of that or whether they will be in the opposition. I think that will not change the, the attitude of the Social Democrats towards Europe. I'm not so sure as far as the Christian Democrats are concerned. They do it right now because Angela Merkel has learned that, but Angela Merkel will resign next year. And I'm not so sure about the rest of the Christian Democrat. There is still a kind of point of view that looks upon Europe as competitive, as competition between countries. And there are some candidates even have quite strong neoliberal views. And depending on the constellation of the coalition of the next government, I'm not so sure how, the, how then the attitude towards Europe will be in Germany, whether they will join again a coalition of the frugal four or five, as, as they were now. This real danger exists according to the outcome of the German election next year, I would say. So, yes, we have a change for the time being, and we mm -hmm. need more change, I would say. This is the first step, and this is a certain a symbol that, that we can do it, but we must proceed further. We must have certainly not just a, a single fund for just this opportunity or this crisis, but we must certainly kind of steady instrument that we use as soon as a crisis occurs. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, that certainly would something would have to change still institutional so that we can deal on a European level with symmetric shocks, as we say, shocks that affect all the European countries, as is the case right now. We have an ordering instrument to deal with asymmetric shocks, that's the ESM, and that is in place already. But now we need an instrument, a permanent instrument to deal with symmetric shocks. And we are on the way to that, but we are not, have not reached uh, this goal already. So, and the second thing is, how should we do fiscal policy? I think we need a fundamental reform of the deficit rules. They prove to be not functional in a way. We have always the debates about, are the targets met? Are they not met? What should we do about it? And so on and so on. Among economists now, there's a widespread belief we should have different rules, which gives more flexibility at least for investment. I think mm. that's something everybody could agree upon. So we should certainly revise the rules in that terms that net investment is not accounted for a deficit rule and gives you more leeway. Some even go much further and say we should totally abandon deficit rules and just make some expenditure rules for governments. There are a bunch of suggestions which all yeah. in the end amount to a suggestion that there should be more fiscal flexibility. Okay, I think uh, we will have opportunities to elaborate um, these details in the coming period. But if I may go back to the question of the sustainability of this shift, one important aspect is the generational one, whether the young generation thinks differently than the one that represented let's say, the ordo-liberal approach, a kind of conventional German ideology uh, regarding mm -hmm. economic matters. If that's the question, I observed, and I asked you whether you have the similar impressions, that in the last 10 years, since the crisis, there's been a lot of evolution among the young people. Once I was invited to the University of Bayreuth, very ambitious students to, to develop pluralism in economics. And this apparently has made a lot of impact on the thinking of the young people. Uh, not necessarily on, on curricula, but perhaps also the curricula 
would would also develop um, at some point. How significant is this change among the young generation in your view? I think the young generation now is much more conscious about Europe than it has been 10, 12 years ago because they have realized that united Europe is not a matter of fact. The Brexit, for example, was was a warning sign of first order degree and you have to do something to keep Europe together. It's a basic feeling, at least among young Germans. So it's it's not a matter of fact, you have to fight for it in, in to some way. Then there is certainly, there are different views among the young generation as far as um, debt burden and is concerned, for example. They are on the more conservative side, very, very much concerns about that they have to pay for all this debt. But I would say there's still a majority which certainly says we have to revive, in, initiate and in recovery in the European economy uh, otherwise, our generation will also have much difficulties to earn their money and to have wealth, to build up some wealth. And uh, so it is all right that we now invest a lot and that we get more indebted yet now right at this point of time. This will be a political fight. This will go on among the younger generation as it does on the elder generation. But I think um, there is now a majority to give Europe more fiscal rights, to give Europe more fiscal flexibility, and to mm-hmm. expect from Europe a more resilient economy towards crisis. But I suppose when it comes to the young, the climate aspect also plays a stronger role, that yeah. we would need to be more ambitious and very clear about, about the necessity to reconcile the objectives of uh, you know, material well-being, but at the same time, environmental sustainability and social cohesion. That's right. There, there certainly have strong views on how money, the money should be spent in, in, in Europe. And it mm-hmm. should be spent in the direction to build up a sustainable and resilient economy, which is quite understandable from their point of view. And certainly this part of the European recovery program is that what interests them most. And they expect that we have a greener economy with more sustainable production views, with more e-mobility, with a different kind of sustainable energy production. And uh, everybody knows that there's a lot of investment necessary to achieve that in the new traffic systems European railway systems, and so on and so on. All that is necessary and requires a lot of investment. I think they expect the present generation, which is in charge, to start with that kind of investment uh, and not just spend it for, for things they have done it in the past, but to transform already the European economy. Uh, this is also part in the German national uh, stimulus package, which has two parts of stimulus, actual demand in Germany, but also to stimulate future demand towards a transformed economy, to a green economy. Uh, and, and you can't get up a stimulus package today without this uh, component changing the future. Right. If I can come back to uh, the question of economic thought within social democracy, because I think this is a very important part of uh, this uh, process, this transformation which we described. How would you uh, characterize uh, this at the at the macro level, let's say party level, maybe even at the level of a continental movement of social democracy, which 20 years ago was very much engaged with the third way ideas of progressive politics, which um, in terms of economics was not really detached from neoliberalism. And um, at the same time, you know, social democracy never lost uh, the con- contact with uh, and the attachment with the trade union movement, which obviously is not um, wedded 
with neoliberalism, quite the contrary. So how, how is this amalgam developing, at least in Germany? Well, this is certainly a, a very difficult chapter, especially for the German Social Democrats, because if I look back at the end of the 90s and the beginning of the new century, there was a strong view in the German Social Democrats that we have to adjust to some kind to those who favor a market-directed economy. You may call it neoliberal and so on. It's kind of third way. There was this joint paper by Gerhard Schröder and Tony Blair, which was very influential in, in Germany. And there were the labor market reforms, uh, which estranged the German social democracy from the German trade unions to a large extent. All that happened then and was seen as a kind of adjustment of the German social democracy to neoliberalism, which was dominant at that time. And the social democrats did it because they thought that they would only succeed in elections when there is some sort of adjustment. Uh, this also applies to, to, to deficit rules, which were jointly approved in the German parliament by the Social Democrats and the Christian Democrats. And uh, the German debt break is a, is a joint product, uh, so to say. Uh, that has changed now, because the German Social Democracy has, a, has, a lot, has suffered a lot of defeats in recent elections, and recent polls are not encouraging at the moment. Mm. Things can change very swiftly nowadays, and uh, I'm confident that they will change. But at the moment, we arrange around 14 to 16 percent in the polls. This is not much. This is less than we used to. But we have now a shift of policy which says, no, there's a, there's a more social democratic answer to the present problems. Mm. We know that the role of the state is a much stronger one than we ourselves assumed during the past decades. Mm -hmm. The state has to induce and incite investment, which will pay off also for private investors in the longer run. And uh, that's certainly an attitude uh, that is uh, dominant now in the Social Democratic Party. Not in every party in Germany, but in the Social Democratic Party. I did, and I don't see any major disagreement to that line of thinking Uh, now in the German social democracy. Mm -hmm. Would you say that your own ideas also evolved in these 20, 25 years, which we speak about? Yes, certainly. I've uh, uh, been very close to the development of the Social Democratic Party, not as a politician, but um, as a scientist, uh, looking from the sidelines to, to what happened and giving poly economic policy advice to many. And my, my previous institute and My then pre-previous institute had a different line of thinking. They also stressed the role of aggregate demand and had a major Keynesian view on the economy, which requires a very active and also strong state to, to get the economy moving. And uh, this view was not very popular at that time, but nowadays it is much more popular. And there is hardly any, any debate about it anymore. I think nobody would write now a paper that has been written by Tony Blair and Gerhard Schröder nowadays in the social democracy. It, it's, it, it's simply out of time. Mm -hmm. um, I think, for example, the question of the minimum wage is a very good example because uh, just about 10 years ago or 15, it wasn't obvious at all that a country like Germany should have uh, a statutory minimum wage. And now I think uh, it's taken for granted. And on the top of that, Germany, I think in a bipartisan way, is leading the campaign for an EU coordination of minimum wage as well as minimum income. That's part of the German presidency agenda today. Yes, there's a totally different attitude towards the labor market. And uh, the minimum wage issue is, is one of the most important ones. And uh, at the beginning of the 90s and, and, and the century, thought a minimum wage in Germany would not be necessary because we have trade unions. 
which bargain about the wage. And they get, as a result, you get sufficient wages which still allow for competitiveness of the economy. But that's simply not true. Uh, because trade unions got too weak, especially in the eastern part of Germany. And we had pressure, high pressure on wages and very low wages, even in, by European standards in some areas and in some professions. Therefore, in Germany, parties in Germany have learned that the minimum wage was necessary. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we have also learned that we have to re-regulate the labor market stronger. Uh, during the corona crisis, especially in those sectors where self-employed seemingly self-employed people, were exploited by German employers. And uh, they got much more infected due to the bad living conditions they're in in Germany. And that was the reason why the present German Arbeits, uh, Labour Minister Hubertus Heil uh, has now uh, made a law together with the Christian Democrats that prohibits self-employment within this uh, industry. And uh, that certainly is also a major step forward against exploitation on the labor market, which has increased during the past decades to a significant extent. Mm-hmm. Um, Gustav, for a conclusion, I would like to go back uh, to where we started. Um, the assumption that with this paradigm shift in economic policy, especially, but maybe more broadly, the German ide- ideology vis a vis Europe. Germany can play a unifying role much stronger uh, than in the past because uh, the insistence on the older liberal approach, you know, 10 years ago and before, uh, was probably antagonizing many, many countries, especially in the euro area uh, periphery, uh, but maybe not alone. And I think with this evolution, by the time of this German presidency, Berlin really developed this capacity to be a real unifier. Is it too much to say, or it's more or less uh, what we are experiencing? I think uh, during the recent summit, uh, the German politicians, Angela Merkel, as well as Olaf Scholz, discovered that it's much more fun to be a unifier than to make more confrontation with the other countries, and that it pays off in terms of economic success. So I think that was is a role where Germany feels much better than in the role to punish and to restrict other economies. That is a contraproductive role we have seen. I mean, it was this policy was not very successful in the end. I mean, Greece was suffering a lot. A lot of people lost their jobs and, other country, and in other countries uh, to some extent too. The uh, academic debate has shown that this approach was overdone at least uh, mm. in terms of austerity policy. So Germany changed its stance and it feels much better in the stance of unifying a moder- to being a moderator between different issues and to put its weight, its economic weight and political weight than to the side which it sees much more appropriate. Thank you very much. Um, I think this is an excellent um, conclusion. It gives us uh, some optimism Uh, which we always need in the European Union regarding the future um, of um, the integration. I have to thank Gustav Horn, a professor and member of the Scientific uh, Council and the SPD Federal Board uh, for this insight about the evolution of um, uh, the economic ideas and policies in Germany, especially in the context of uh, the European Union. And I should thank Um, our listeners for their attention. They find more episodes of FEPS Talks, uh, our podcast series on the website of our foundation and also on social media. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me here.
Thank you for your attention. If you found our conversation interesting, do not hesitate to share it on social media with the hashtag FEPSTalks. More is yet to come. Stay tuned.